working, always working. Um, there's a fascinating verse in Psalm 74, 12. Listen to it. It says, for God, my king from of old, working salvation in the midst of the earth. He's working salvation in the midst of the earth. You can count on it. And God is working in your life. You're not, you, Joseph was not unique. Each, what happened in his life, God can do in your life. That the call of God is upon you the same as it was upon him. And he is working at changing destinies, not only in your families, but in our nation. He is working in our nation, church. He is working. And Joseph's story shows us what can happen when we live a life of trust, believing that God is working through us. And I want you to understand this right now. Even on this third day of July in 2022, that the lion of the tribe of Judah is roaring over you. He's rumbling over our nation. And yes, he's even rumbling in our church. And just as God used Joseph in unbelievable ways, so God longs for, to use you. And I ask you this morning, is your heart, is your heart saying yes? <laughs> Please, God, use me. Is that where you're at? If that's true, this morning's message is for you. If you're holding back and you're a little uncertain and you're not sure you want God to use you like that, this morning's message is for you. I want to remind you of a couple of things that are very important truths as we look at the rumblings of God in Joseph's life. Number one, you are called. I want you to tell somebody next to you, you're called. You have an assignment from God. It's written in great detail. You, as an individual, every single one of you have an assignment written by God. Ephesians 4.1 tells us this truth. It says, therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. You have been called by him. If you're here this morning, you're called. If you're not listening this morning, you're still called. If you're hungry for more of God, you're called. God loves you so much that he chose you and he placed his call upon you. You, you are called. And number two, he, the king of glory, is asking you as individuals to walk in a manner worthy of your calling. In fact, he's requiring that you work, you walk in a way and in a manner that's far above other people. It, it, it's not the same level. You're called to a different level. You're called to live a life of holiness. Holy before him. You don't get the easy route. You don't get the free ticket. You're called to be holy before him. To walk in a manner worthy of your calling. And living holy before him, it matters. And I'm telling you that Joseph lived a life of holiness every step of the journey, and it mattered. It mattered all the way. Joseph was called too, and there were a lot of rumblings that happened in, in the, this man, Joseph. Those assignments that God had called him to, many he didn't fully understand, and yet, through the story, you can see that he said yes. He said yes. 
And I want you to see the ways that Joseph said yes. You see, it started when he was only 16 or 17. That's really young to begin to understand the mighty call that was on his life. And he had two dreams, two different dreams. And dreams were pretty significant in that day. They meant something even more than we just go, hey, I had a dream. Let me tell you about it. Oh, no, another dream. You know, that's kind of the attitude we have. And yet those dreams meant something. They were significant. And he dreamed about sheaves of wheat bowing down to him. And then a second dream, he dreamed of the sun, the moon, and the stars bowing down to him. And they seem pretty easy to, to interpret, don't they? And those rumblings that started in a dream that he found absolutely fascinating, they turned into a nightmare before long. He had no idea what God's call would require of him, what it would cost him, and yet he said yes. You see, we tend to look at Bible characters like they're made of, of superhuman material. Understand this, that those were men and women just like you and I. And they had to make choices just like you and I have to make. And they had to face problems just like you and I faced. He was just like you. And now every person in this room looking at me this morning, you faced some significant difficulties in the past few years. I don't think there's one of you. In fact, I could tell you that one by one, I could point at you and say, these are the things you've been dealing with, and these are what challenges you've had, and this is what you've had. Every one of us have been dealing with difficulties. And like we, like Joseph, have to decide what will we choose to do with the rumblings of God in our life? What will we do with them? You see, walking with Jesus as your Lord and Savior, it's not easy. (laughs) It's not easy. It's difficult, but it's an extremely rewarding journey. And Joseph, even after all he went through, this is what he would say to you this morning. Say yes, it's so worth it. Say yes. So one of the key ingredients needed to say yes in the rumblings of God in your life, it has to do with your heart. It always comes back to that, doesn't it? Your heart. It has to do with your heart and what you do with it. And the scripture tells us this. It says, guard your heart. It says, guard your heart above everything else. You've got to guard it because out of it flow the issues of life. Even in worship this morning, I found myself being challenged with something that I had in my heart that God said, I'm not pleased with that. I had to say, okay, forgive me for that. He's continuously, you see, we have to guard our heart. The enemy tries to come in and and plant seeds of anger and hatred and frustrations and it's unfair and all those kind of things come to us over and over. And we have to say, nope, I'm not walking there. Nope, I'm choosing something different. And Proverbs says this, guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. Did you hear that? Keeping your heart pure and holy before him determines what happens in your life. You can choose. You can choose where your course of your life goes by how you guard what you put in and what you guard what you allow to be in your life. So there's this central command 
that comes both out of the Old and the New Testament about the heart. And I believe it's what enabled Joseph throughout his journey. You see, I believe Joseph had an advantage over his brothers. Joseph was raised by his dad, and his dad was older. And he'd been through that experience where he'd wrestled with God. And it was after that that Joseph was raised, in that time period. And so there was something that was imparted to Joseph that maybe some of the other boys didn't get. I don't know. All I know is that Joseph had a sincere love of God, that it was deeply rooted and planted within him, and it held him steady through the entire journey. And Deuteronomy 6.5, way back in the Old Testament, this is what it says. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. Every part of you, you're supposed to love him. And in fact, God said loving him with all of your heart was so important that he gave this reminder list to do that help you remember to love him with all of your heart. And so there's this crazy list in Deuteronomy that follows the verse I just read. And it says this, you're, you're supposed to teach the love of God to, diligently to your children. You're supposed to talk about it when you sit at home. Do you talk about the love of God when you're sitting at home? Do you talk about it when you walk by the way? Do you talk about it and think about the love of God when you're lying down and when you're rising up? Do you bind the thoughts of the love of God and serving him around as a signpost on your hand? Or it shall be as frontlets between your eyes. It says not only that, write it on the doorposts of your house so that every time you go in and you go out, you remember, oh yeah, I'm going to love the Lord with all of my heart with all of my soul, with all of my strength. Put it on your gate so when you enter your yard, you're reminded of the love of God. But it isn't just in the Old Testament that tells us to love the Lord your God with all of your heart. Jesus said it in the Gospels. And he said this, he said the most important thing of all, number one, is to love your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your might, all of your strength, all of that. But then he says... And the second is to love your neighbor as yourself. That, that, that holds everything all together. So your heart is so critical in the rumblings of God, in what's happening in your life, in the situations in the, that you're facing, in the difficulties. It's about your heart. I believe that loving God with all his heart is how Joseph was able to make the decisions he made. I think that his love for God, deeply rooted in his heart, held him on like this level ground while the whole world was shifting around him. And if you think life is bad for you and you think you face some crazy challenges, read Joseph's story. It couldn't get more difficult than that. And you know... It made him, this love of God, made him able to survive the unfairness that was thrown to him over and over again. Have you felt that unfairness in the world right now? Have you felt that? Well, the love of God allowed him to stay rooted and planted. Yeah. God wants the, his love to cement us into a place that doesn't matter what blows, we just stay steady and strong. 
God's love for, your love for God needs to be the strength that holds you. It will sustain you through every rumbling. You see, when you love God with all of your heart, when you really love him with all of your heart, it's visible to those around you. Did you know that? People can see it. Joseph's love for God shifted not only at the atmosphere of every place that he found himself, but you know what else it did? It brought incredible blessing over his life and the house that he served in. And it came from his love of God. And the rumblings of God happened and Joseph found himself sold by his brothers into slavery. That was a rumble he didn't see coming. That wasn't on his radar. When he thought that was a great dream about them bowing to him, he didn't see himself being stripped of his coat that his dad gave him, thrown in a pit, and then sold for 20 shekels to the traders. He didn't see that happening. Yeah. His brothers hated him. But more than that, the scripture says his brothers envied him. You see, when we love God and we walk holy in a manner that's pleasing before him and we live in integrity before people, people don't like it. Did you know that? People don't want you to act like that. They want you to act like them. They do not want you to have a different standard. And it can create rumblings in in the midst of us when we live our lives in a way that's pleasing to God. And they hated him so much that they deprived their dad of a favored son and sold him. It, It was pretty difficult probably beyond belief, sold to a nation you'd never lived in before, never been apart with a different language and a different culture, and no one you knew and no one safe was near you. It was just you. And that love of God held Joseph because he served. He served wherever he ended up. He served with honesty, integrity. He walked in a manner that was worthy of the calling of God in his life. He lived above his circumstances. He did not let everything that was thrown at him change who he was. He didn't let it make him go, Oh, woe is me. What am I going to do? I can't stand life right now. And it's so easy to fall into that pit of where we think we are with life and where we are with our nation and we become depressed and frustrated and angry instead of saying, oh, God is rumbling. The lion of the tribe of Judah is roaring over our nation. He's roaring in my life. He's interested in every detail of my life and he is working, he's working, he's working. When we as a church begin to declare the workings of God in our nation and we begin to declare the workings of God in our lives, we're going to see transformations. We're going to see changes. You're going to see things shift, atmosphere shift. You see, Joseph shifted the atmosphere in the house that he lived in. He changed what happened there. It was so unexpected. I don't know if at 18 or 17 years old that I would have been that kind of person. I would to God that I would have. But there was something in Joseph. 
something of the love of God so deep that he trusted what God was doing even when he didn't understand it. When you're called and you walk in a manner worthy worthy of your calling, it can stir up trouble for you too. Yeah. People don't like when you take a stand against injustice. They don't like it. They don't like when you stand up and, and believe something different than them. But the word of God, the word of God is our very place we have to to root into has to be what we look like. You need to look like Jesus. You need to reflect Jesus everywhere you go, every situation you encounter. And let me tell you, there's some tough places out there. But Joseph's story was written so that you can look at it and you can go, he did it, I can do it. I can live different than what I want to live. I can live above what's happening. I can believe that God is rumbling in my life, that he's working together details, that he's moving me forward, that he's opening doors before me, that the all of heaven is open over me and everything he's given is available for me to make it. He strengthens me. So he was purchased by an Egyptian man named Potiphar and the rumblings of God continued in his life. Things happened that he didn't understand. Changes that seemed so bad, and yet God was moving and working and rumbling. And Joseph continued to choose to walk in a manner worthy of his calling. And Joseph teaches us that what is needed in our life for the fulfillment of the call of God in our life is that walking in a manner worthy of our calling... It's called living with character. Did you know that character counts? Yeah. 2 Corinthians 2, 14 and 15 says this. Now thanks be to God, who always leads us in triumph in Christ. And through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. For we are God's, we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. You are called to be the fragrance of Christ everywhere you go. And if you're in self-pity and frustrated and angry, you don't have the fragrance of Christ flowing out of you. It has to be Christ in you flowing This verse tells us that no matter what comes our way, unexpected, crises, things that are just unbelievable, we can live triumphantly. And we must live in a manner worthy of our calling if we want to make a difference. And you are each called to be Christ to those you encounter. So who are you when no one's watching? When no one's around, who are you? Character is how you live at home. Did you know that? You can't be one person out on the street and, and at church and someone else in your home. Who you are at home counts. And it counted for Joseph. You have to walk in a 
worthy of your calling means that your actions match up with the word of God. Joseph walked in a manner. You see, Joseph would not take another man's wife when it was freely offered. He worked in the home and Potiphar's wife came after him and after him and after him. And he stood his ground and he said no. And church, do you know what that got him? Thrown into jail. Being a man of integrity, there was a rumbling of God happening because Joseph did not understand that God was teaching him and preparing him for his calling. That he was using him in powerful ways, leading him to the place where he could serve and run with such wisdom and grace in the position God had for him. Do you think it was easy? Do you think it was easy for him to say no to that woman? Do you think it was easy for him to live above those circumstances? No. It's the same with you and I. It's not easy. But it is so worth it that we must rise up and be who God calls us to be. Do people see God in you, in your life? Does your character so shine in the darkness that men see your good works and glorify God? Do you keep your word? Are you careful with your words, encouraging instead of being destructive? Do you do work at your job like you own the business? Do you serve them with with everything you have within you? Working as into God instead of man. Do your actions reflect loving God with your whole heart? See, when wrongfully treated, Joseph stayed true. When life was unfair, Joseph lived above self-pity and anger. And his heart for God allowed him to choose character over circumstances. When things don't, you don't understand happen in your life, those deep rumblings that you're like, what, what, what's going on? Man, I don't even get what's happening Do you choose character over circumstances? When you do, you become a blessing magnet. It's impossible for anything else to happen. And trust me, I understand. It is true that God took what the enemy meant for harm for Joseph and turned it to his glory. And yes, it's true that God was developing leadership in Joseph, helping him to learn every increasing responsibility But it was Joseph's love of God that caused integrity to shine out of every circumstance that was thrown his way. Do you live with integrity before men? He was usable in the kingdom because he guarded his heart with all diligence. God advanced his plan and purposes because of this man's heart. And you and I are called to live holy above circumstances that you find yourself in. God has called you to live above circumstances, not in them. He has called you to shine in the darkness of injustice and the frustrations of things outside your control. See, your heart for God allows God to use you in ways that he couldn't use otherwise. Your heart allows you to love God and live in a manner worthy of your calling You become a vessel of honor suitable to change a nation. You see, we become a vessel usable to change a nation when we live in a manner that's worthy of our calling. We become able to be used in a crazy, awesome, 
way that we can't even look or anticipate. When your lives diffuse the fragrance of Christ, no matter how frustrating the circumstances, no matter how tough the problem, you become a vessel of honor, usable. And the heart gates of heaven will open and you'll see people coming unto Jesus. Coming unto him. Because of what they see in your life and how you handle things. Living in a manner that's worthy of your calling is pretty radical. <laughs> and it brings increasing rumblings of God in your surroundings. The more you say yes, the more the rumblings happen. The more you say yes and live in a manner of, uh, worthy of your calling, the more you're usable, the more he uses the, and opens the doors before you. You see, the rumblings of God were happening over and over in Joseph's life. And that meant that God was working something incredible. And Joseph just didn't know it. You do not see or even begin to understand all the ways that God will move heaven and earth. And in the United States of America by a vessel who loves God. And is walking worthy. In a manner worthy of their call. You see, he didn't know why behaving in a godly way landed him in prison. He didn't understand that. And he didn't understand the economy of the kingdom being produced within him. And he didn't understand the abilities that he would need on the road ahead. And so I ask you, what is God producing in you? What is God preparing you for? What is he developing you in you that he can use. Joseph did not know that he would change the very fate of a nation by his choice. He didn't know that. It, it was almost um, 13, I think 13 years maybe, from the time that he was sold into slavery till he became a ruler in the land of Egypt. It was a long journey for Joseph. And he was a man that walked in integrity. He just knew that it was okay because God was for him. He knew that. Do you know that? Do you know that God is for you? No matter what's happening in your life, do you understand God is for you? He is. Joseph never realized how close he was to seeing the fulfillment of his dreams until it happened. And there stood his brothers before him, bowing down to the earth before him. And all of a sudden, he understood and he knew. Oh, I had those dreams way back there. I heard the rumbling of God in my life. But I didn't understand what it would mean and what it would cost. But oh, the glory, God, of what you're doing. And he brought his family and saved them from a famine that was in the land. And God worked. God saw ahead. And he sees ahead in your life. And he sees what you need before you even ask. And he's at work in every detail of your life. And he's positioning you. He's positioning you to change the kingdom. 
He's positioning you to live above your circumstances. He's giving you what you need. He makes you able to do things that you didn't, weren't able to do before. You see, Joseph was a shepherd boy. He was 16, 17 years old when he was sold. He was all he knew was shepherding, and he didn't even do it on his own. He was with his brothers when he shepherded. And he went in, and he had to learn, and he had to grow, and soon he was running Potiphar's house. And then he ended up in jail, and it wasn't very long, and he began to run the whole jail. And then it wasn't, but I don't know how many years later, I know he was in jail two more years after he interpreted the butler's dreams. He was two more years beyond that, so he was in jail a long time, waiting to see what God would do, waiting to be used by him, waiting to see the fulfillment of his dreams. He was waiting with anticipation and expectation. And God brought him out in one day, in one second of time, and he stood before Pharaoh, and he interpreted a dream, and he never took a dream interpretation class. It's amazing. It never says he learned how to do that. It never says that God anointed him with interpretation of dreams. And yet he interpreted the dreams in jail and he interpreted the dream accurately for the Pharaoh. Because God will put inside of you what you need every step of the way. He will make you able. You'll know what to do and how to do it because of the spirit of the living God filling you, flowing out of you. And all it takes is you saying yes. It takes you saying yes. I want you to know something. A nation is not changed by a crowd of people. A nation is changed by one. Think of the story of Esther. One person standing. Think of Moses. One man saying yes to God. Think of David standing against Goliath. When all the rest of the army, they weren't with him. In fact, they were trying to get him to be quiet and shut up. It's the one. And his God is calling you to be the one. He's calling you to be like Joseph, to allow the rumblings of God to advance the kingdom in your life. He's asking you to walk in a manner worthy of your calling. He's asking you to say yes to him. And in doing so, you're going to change the destiny of your family, the destiny of your nation, and the destiny of your church. Guaranteed. Saying yes to God creates a space for God to move on your behalf and move you into position to be used in crazy, incredible ways. But it's not without cost. It, it, it costs you to live daily in a manner that's worthy of the calling of the Lord Jesus Christ upon you. It means living holy before him. It means living in a way that's different than other people live. Saying yes to God opens the doors. And God's calling to you this morning. He's calling you to to a new place. He's calling you to walk with the mindset that I'm called. I am called. I'm called of God and I have an assignment written in heaven for me as an individual. And I'm going to walk in a manner worthy of that calling and I'm going to see that, that fulfillment of that calling in my life. 
If that's you this morning, won't you stand up with this morning and let me pray over you for courage. I want to pray Joshua 1.9 over you this morning as we come to an end of this. You cannot wait for others. This is a, a choice for you. You're the one that's called to change your nation through loving God and loving people. So, Lord, I come before you this morning, and I bring you this group of people. You brought this word to my heart, Lord, with such purpose and such intensity. And I thank you that you have called this group of people to a holy calling. That you've called this group of people to advance the kingdom day by day. That you've called this group of people to walk in a manner worthy of the the lordship of Jesus Christ. And so I ask, Lord, that the courage of the Holy Spirit would be upon them. That they would be strong in the power of might of the Holy Spirit. That they would not be afraid. They would not be dismayed. That they would understand that the Lord, their God, is going with them. And that he's covering them. And that that he's gently calling them and he's rumbling in their lives. Wait and listen and hear the rumblings of God in your life and say, what is that? What, is, what are you doing, God? I'm, I'm longing to hear from you. What are you doing? What are you doing, God? I'm asking for a new, fresh anointing to be poured out over them, oh God. Because, God, it's only in you and by you and through you that any of this is possible. So we receive the call of God on our lives. We walk into it fully and we say yes to walking in a manner that's worthy. And we say yes to advancing the kingdom. And I thank you for empowering them to say yes moment by moment and day by day in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. in your heart this morning the Lord bless you and keep you the Lord make his face shine upon you the Lord be gracious unto you lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace in Jesus name amen amen hope you people up here for prayer otherwise have a great day and a great day tomorrow